Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast and Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you sign up, you do get a weekly bonus episode of everything else I'm watching that week. And I do want to take a moment to give a shout out to my top patrons, and they are Philip Barker, Michael Cross, and Josh Johnson. Thanks so much for keeping the light on. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Um, I want to welcome back a returning voice on the podcast, Robbie. Say hi, Robbie. Hello, Lisa. Hello, everyone. Hello, Robbie. Um, if people haven't heard you on some of my previous episodes, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Yes. So I so I run the Fleming Film Awards group on Facebook. If you want to join the group, Lisa is also a member. You can just type in the Fleming Film Awards, and if you see the group, uh, join, and we'll happily accept. I run. I also run. I run the Fleming Awards. I also do a, a horror-based one called the Halloween Pumpkins, which the film we're talking about has won a lot of. And I all and I'm currently doing the animated film awards currently, and I also do a podcast with Justin Doyle. Oh, that's the Fleming Film Talk, and recently I've been doing another series focused around the Fleming Awards with Cody, where we dive into different movies that have won my Fleming Awards. Wow, you stay busy. <laughs> Thank that's you. That's great. Yeah, well, um, what, you know, my guest always picks the movie, and I want to tell our audience, we originally were going to do this around Halloween, but then Robbie wasn't feeling well, and then the following week, I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> so this has been delayed, but we still want to stick with the spooky theme a little bit. So Robbie, what, what movie did you choose to talk about today? Today I chose to talk about the 2008 Swedish romantic horror film, Let the Right One In, directed by Thomas Alfredson, based on the novel of the same name from 2004 by John Avi Lindquist, I believe. Sorry if I butchered his name. That's great. I I really like this movie a lot. I remember when it came out um, and, and greatly enjoying it. Um, what is your experience with this movie? Like, did you see it in theaters or how did you how did you come across this film? I was uh, looking at different uh, horror films from the 2000s uh, hmm. last year that I've never seen. And this one popped up as one of the best horror films. And when I watched it, I just remember being amazed by it. Plus, it helped because I liked the cinematographer, Hoyt Van Hoytema, who went on to shoot the Christopher Nolan movies. Wow, I didn't so, realize that. So, that. so he was one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this film. Very cool, very cool. Have you ever read the book? 
I'm not much of a book reader, so mm. no, but I have seen the Americanized version from 2010. Yeah, I saw that one too. I I preferred the original, and when you uh when you said we're gonna cover it, I was like, which one? And you were like, definitely the 2008 one. Yeah. Um, for those listening, we will talk some spoilers. So I think if you want to see this movie first, I noticed that if um you're in America, it's on Tubi right now, so you could probably watch it for free if you have a Tubi account. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and read the synopsis, and then we'll go ahead and dive in. Great. When Oscar, a sensitive, bully 12-year-old boy living with his mother in suburban Sweden, meets his new neighbor, the mysterious and moody Ellie, they strike up a friendship. Initially reserved with each other, Oscar and Ellie slowly form a close bond, but it becomes apparent that she is no ordinary girl. Eventually, um, Ellie shares her dark, macabre secret with Oscar, revealing her connection to a string of bloody local murders yes that's, that's basically the plot yep um i usually have a, some quick facts that i share you probably have more than me robbie the, the only one that that i saw that i found interesting was that at around one hour and 19 minutes is is when the word vampire is said only once in the entire film and i guess that's a spoiler right there right this is about a, about a vampire Yes, yes, yes. This is a vampire movie. I recently did my top five favorite vampire movies with Justin on our podcast, and this ranked number two. Oh, really? Can I hear the the top five, or do I need to listen to the episode first? <laughs> I say listen to the. I say listen to the episode first. That's fair, but two is pretty high. So, um, what what about this movie draws you in so much? What what do you like about it? I always tend to like coming-of-age stories because I kind of like, you know, seeing seeing the experience of a child from a film point of view. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the more... This is one of the more fantasy ones that I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like for me, you know, the 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 boy character i feel like i can kind of identify with a little bit he's you know kind of shy and sensitive and he's getting picked on at school and um you know then he meets this mysterious friend that he starts to kind of like fall in love with and it's very you know innocent um but over time you know there's there's a darker twist to it which is kind of exciting yes yes and this, I also like how it explores the lore of vam vampires. Like, yes, really dive in on like the details of real vampires properly. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, there's a lot of the the familiar rules that we know, um, like being invited in and things like that. Um, and yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Normally, at this part of the show, I would dive into more about the actors and you know, more about the director, but I'll admit, I don't know a lot about the creative team behind this film. Do you, do you, I know you mentioned, you know, who the cinematographer is. Have you seen any of this director's other work? I have actually. Yes. Oh, he, really? He, okay. He also made a film called Tinker Tailor Soldiers by with Gary Oldman. Oh, I've seen that too. That was really good. It's very really good. It. Yeah. I it's serious. Of his, uh, his filmography, I think. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I really like that movie. I don't think I realized that that was him. Very cool. Um. Yeah. So what what are some of your favorite scenes from this movie? Uh, definitely, I do. Definitely the ending scene. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of scenes that mainly take like a just kind of landscape. Yeah, it kind of feels like a western in that way. Yeah, it yeah it does, and how it captures like the wintry kind of season. Because I thought this would still work for for now because we're heading into the wintry season. You don't have any big sense of winter in this film. Yeah, that's true, and I guess that makes sense since, like you said, it's in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, I do think the ending's really good. I think another one, you know, you talked earlier about the cinematography. Like, I think the scene where, um, what's her name? Virginia um, is sick at the hospital, and she asks for the blinds to be open and burst into flames. I think that's... A really yeah, cool scene. Yes, that's one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. And I do like that subplot as well. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Kind of reminds you a little bit of like, uh, I guess, Lucy from... Or not Lucy, but Lucy's friend. Um, or maybe it was Lucy, I can't remember. But, you know, in Dracula, um, the main female's friend that become is getting, um, I guess, consumed by Dracula every night. And she's kind of like yeah. slowly turning. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yes, yes. And I also like the old man who looks after Ellie. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like in the movie, at least, I feel like he used to be like Oscar or something. You know, maybe he met Ellie as a child and grew up with him. But I read kind of a dark fact that in the book, it's more like he's a, a sex offender. That may yeah, have been, I've, I've, you know, I've heard that. I guess they couldn't really... <laughs> Yeah, put this neither movies because it would put people off. Yeah, for sure. Like it's better, and the character is more likable, and you feel bad for him if you don't think he's like a criminal, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um. What What are some other scenes that you liked? Oh, there's a really good scene. I like the opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene is really good too. You're right. Um. What about it? Do you like? It really like sets sets up the story and mm-hmm. puts you in this world and environment and introduces you to these characters we're gonna love. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, what do you think about, um, you know, Oscar kind or not Oscar Ellie kind of goading <clears throat> Oscar into, you know, taking some vengeance out on some of those kids that were so mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think that's a good, good story. Get back to the bullies. Yeah, and I, I feel like too, it, it creates a little bit of a parallel. Like you know, at first, Oscar is reluctant to help Ellie with, you know, she needs to feed. But then it, it's almost like they kind of, after a while, sympathize with each other and relate to each other. They're both lonely. Um, and they're both angry at certain people, so it's kind of like it makes sense. Yes, definitely. And I that's that's the thing I like about this movie. I like their relationship and how he 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 learns to still treat her as a human being just because she's a vampire. Yeah, no, I agree. 
I even I even like the the ending when they're on the train. I thought that was really an interesting way to end it. Yeah, because when I first saw this, I thought the ending was going to be like she makes him a vampire. Yeah, that's kind of what you would think. But it's almost like he's more like a familiar, you know? Like he's yeah. enamored with her, but it, it almost feels like that's, the, you know, kind of like Renfield or something. Or if you watch what we do in the shadows, like a, um, a gizmo, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, kind of more of a he's in service to her, really. Yeah, no, I can I can see him growing up to be be somebody like Renfield. Yeah. That would be a what, good sequel if they ever did a sequel. That's true. It would be interesting to see him like as an adult and still kind of doing the the vampire's bidding. Well, um what what else do you want to talk about with this film? What what else kind of I want to talk about the two main actors so they didn't okay. act. It's yeah, so they haven't really acted since this movie. Oh, interesting. Do you think maybe it's because, you know, I, I don't know, it, it's hard sometimes to make that transition from child actor to adult actor? True, but if you look at the remake, uh, Chloe Grace and Smith McPhee have done really well for themselves in, in modern day. That's true. But I kind of feel like these two actors feel more like real children to me, almost, you know? Yeah, definitely, because they're not well-known child actors. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of like that about it. Yeah. And I thought the the one that played obviously the old man was really good. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think he, yeah. I think he has more acting experience than the kids though. Oh yeah, definitely. Have you seen a lot of other Swedish films? I've seen The Seventh Seal. Oh, nice. I can't remember if it was Swedish or Dutch, but there was a movie called Goodnight Mommy, I think. I feel like that might have been Swedish. Let me look. I also nope, like... German. <laughs> Go ahead. I also like... Uh, Cries and Whispers. Oh, nice! Trying to think what other Swedish films I've seen. Oh, I loved, I loved the bloke who does what he did. Triangle of Sadness last year. I like him. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that, but I heard a lot about it. Uh, his other stuff's funnier. Triangle of Sadness oh. was a bit <laughs> of a. Uh, you better off asking Justin about that. He loves that movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We'll do. Um, what what else about this film do you like? So you mentioned the two lead actors. You thought they were really good, um, and and had good chemistry on screen. Um, what what else? What else did you like about it? The story. The story. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it flows really well. It's compelling. It's interesting. Yeah. And sure. Even though it looks like it's gonna feel like a slow burn, it's not. I agree. I agree. The the setting. Um, and the cinematography kind of make it seem like it's going to be a slow-moving film, but you're right, it's yeah. not. It's got it's got a good pace to it, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It reminds me of another favorite film of mine, uh, Fargo, where they're out in the snow. Oh, yeah. Brilliant cinematography in that. I agree, and it's interesting how how the setting kind of affects the story, but not so directly. 
Like you almost think that the movie is going to be more about that, but it's not. It's more about being a vampire. Yeah, it, yeah. Because I thought they would then explore other vampires in the around uh, Sweden as well, but they didn't really focus on Ellie and her the old man. Yeah, it kind of reminds me too of Thirty Days of Night a little bit too, oh, since that's also. That oh, really? Yeah, it's a vampire film that takes place in an Alaskan town, which is kind of interesting because of where it's located on the map, you know, for a whole month, 30 days, there's no nighttime. Yeah. So you can imagine how that impacts vampires. So yeah, you should see that. You probably like yeah, it. Definitely. So my number one vampire is, film is very similar to this because that one was made in the eighties, set in the eighties and focuses on, on a male fallen in love with a woman vampire as one of the plot lines. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think I've seen that. It's called The Lost Boys. Oh, oh no, I have seen that. Okay. when you, The way you described it, for some reason, I didn't think about... You said it was in the 80s, but I didn't think about it. I, didn't, I don't know why that didn't run to my mind quickly, but I have seen The Lost Boys, which is a good film. In fact, we covered it on this podcast one time, too. Oh, brilliant. I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah, I you know I didn't watch it until I was an adult. I I kind of missed the the boat on that. Um, a lot of other people my age grew up with it and watched it a lot, but I had never seen it, so it was my first time. I watched it one time in my teens and then completely forgot about the ending years later, and I thought <laughs> rewatch it just to, and now the ending won't get out of my head. I think I kind of expected it to be about one thing, and then it was kind of. It was different than what I expected. I was really pleasantly surprised. I really liked it too. Yeah. What about that movie reminds you of this one? Just because there are vampires or are there any... Uh, vampires, 80s setting and the romance between a human oh. boy and a... And a girl, and a, yeah, a girl vampire. That's true. I guess at its core, it, it, it's very similar. I had never thought of it that way. That's interesting. You know what just clicked to me looking at the Wikipedia page? <laughs> cool. It it's it was made the year the same year as the first Twilight film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know, around the time this was made, it, it did feel like there was a lot of vampire content. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm starting to, to click now. Yeah. Um I I think, you know, growing up I wasn't super into vampires. But I always really liked reading the book Dracula, and I really liked that film. That's probably one of my favorite vampire films. And I also really like, uh, what's it called? Um, Interview with the Vampire, I think, is a great film. Yes, that's, that's another one of my favorites as well. Yeah, I like the vampire lore. And I guess like a more recent vampire thing, it's not a movie, but I, I really liked was uh, Midnight Mass. That was good on Netflix. Ooh. I am also a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah, man, that was huge in the 90s. Yeah. So, yes, I do love vampires. <laughs> That's cool. Do you like werewolves too, or is it mostly vampires? I do like werewolves, but there's not enough werewolf, werewolf movies. That's true. There's not as much werewolf content. Very true. I, I, I don't know why, but actually, today I was watching an episode of Black Mirror. And it was about a werewolf. I just finished it from the new season. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. That's yeah. 
I liked, I liked, um, I had put off, I wasn't as into this season of Black Mirror. And so I kind of put off the last couple of episodes and then they turned out to be really good. I actually really enjoyed them. Yeah. They were kind of more horror leaning than some of the other seasons. Definitely. Definitely. No, uh, no, recently I've been getting into horror films a lot. Yeah. You, you started a whole podcast. It sounds like around it. Well, more of a film awards. Oh, oh, more of focusing on like kind of like the the Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. What what renewed your interest in horror? What what made you go down that path? I got more into it in twenty eighteen. Well, I used to when I had the website Robbie's Reviews, I used to do do like a theme month for October called Halloween. Hence, where I get the mm-hmm. Halloween pumpkin awards oh, uh, yeah. from. And I, at the last time I did that, I started a little Halloween awards, and and once I did the group and started like doing all the old like fifties and sixties movies as banding wise, I thought, you know, let's go back into the horror ones. We've not done the twenty tens or nineties or the two thousands, so let's do the horror ones. And why do you feel like horror kind of deserves its own? I guess like award section. Do you feel like it? It's it doesn't get like as noticed as some uh, it, by it, other award groups. It, it it doesn't get noticed as much. And also, when you look at it, it's the most diverse genre there is. I agree. I agree. I think I think sometimes people overlook it, or they say things like, you know, oh, I don't like horror movies, and it's kind of like, well, there's so many different genres within horror movies that it's like. Maybe you do like horror movies. You just haven't found the right one yet. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely. Because I've been showing my, my friend loads of different horror films recently. Nice. So you're kind of both going, going on that journey together. Yeah. A little bit. Nice. But yes, uh, when, yes uh, Let the Right One In is probably my favorite from the 2000s, horror-wise. Nice, yeah, yeah. I I would agree. It was definitely a big standout, and like you said before, there was the American remake. But you prefer this one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the remake, but I wasn't. I don't know. I just felt like there wasn't a lot that needed to be retold about it. Like I thought the not only not only that, but they added stuff in that didn't need to be there, like the detective. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's one problem that I have a lot of times when a foreign film is remade. Well, a couple of things. I almost feel like we act sometimes like when a movie's not in English, that it has to be remade to enjoy it, which I disagree with. And and yeah, and I just didn't really, I think a lot was added to it that was better or... Yeah, like one of my favorite films of last year was All Quiet on the Western Front, and that doesn't need an English version of it. Oh, absolutely. I, I liked that movie, too. It was dark, but it was just done really well. I know, right? Yeah. But yes, I don't know whether I would put this in my top five or top ten mm-hmm. horror films, but it's definitely, no, no, not horror films, international films, but it is one I would recommend to people who aren't familiar with international movies. Yeah, I think it's a good one um, for people to see if they're kind of thinking about trying to broaden their horizons, for sure. Definitely. 
Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think this is a well-directed film. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a very well-directed and um, I I just really enjoyed it. And it was fun to rewatch. Yeah, sadly no Oscars, but it did get nominated for a, Baf a BAFTA. Yeah, I feel that a lot of times horror as a genre, as I mentioned earlier, is one that's kind of overlooked sometimes by the film community. So yes. that's honestly not surprising. Yes, I think this has won my Fleming Award for Best International Film as well. Oh, nice. I don't know many other international films from 2008. Mm hmm Agreed. Yeah. You could probably tell me the name of the winner of the 2008 international film, and I probably have never heard of it. Yeah, I feel like that happens kind of a lot. <laughs> it happens too much, in my opinion. I agree. Well, was there more that we haven't covered about this film yet that you wanted to uh, to touch on? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's you know not a super complex film. It's t it's got a two hour runtime, but it's a pretty succinct story, and probably the best way to experience it is to you know go ahead and watch it. Hopefully, we've piqued some interest by talking about it. Definitely, definitely, because uh, it also has a really good B plot as well as a good A plot. Yeah, I I completely agree. Well, Robbie, thank you then. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll give you my last couple of questions I always give. Um, if you had to summarize, you know, why why do you enjoy this movie so much? I just think it's a nice tale that has mm -hmm. a bit of horror, a bit of coming of age, a bit of sadness, a bit of hope, a little mm -hmm. bit of romance. I uh, like the 80s setting. I love the whole snow and the screenplay, the directing, and Hoyt Van Hoytema's beautiful cinematography uh, makes this one worth the watch. Agreed. That was really good. a five-star rating for me. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a very good pitch. Um, well, well, actually, that was going to be my next question. So to expound on that a little bit, how, how would you pitch it to someone that hasn't seen it before? Uh, do you like... Uh, if you like... Uh, if you like vampire films, uh, definitely check out Let the Right One In. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it deserves to be up there um, as a list of the greats. And in fact, you have it at number two. So that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, Robbie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and, um, you know, hope to have you back soon. Yes, yes, I will come back. I will come back. I might, I might do an animated film next. As... Oh, that would be great. Yeah, so I do like animated films, and I, again, I feel like they're a bit, bit uh, overlooked as well as horror films. A hundred percent. I really like when uh, Guillermo del Toro talked about that, I think a year or two ago, just about how it's, how the anim animation deserves to be, you know, seriously considered as an art form, and I completely agree. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent.